Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz, keeping my distance because I am a little bit under the weather. I apologize for my voice. I will try to fight through this today for the episode as best I can. Wes, we are here to talk about Packers Bears. Soldier Field, Sunday, it will be a noon Central Time kickoff. The overarching story is the winner of this game has the most wins of any franchise in NFL history. Yes, Both sir. Both teams are deadlocked with uh, 786 Correct. victories, if I have the number right. The more internal story is what is going on with the quarterbacks because the Bears are hoping to get Justin Fields back in action after he missed last week with a shoulder injury. Packers at this point counting on Aaron Rodgers being able to play despite the rib injury that is now on top of the broken thumb that continues to heal. So a uh, very interesting quarterback storyline here heading into Chicago on Sunday. First and foremost, incredible that hunt for 787 that both of these teams have kind of been on here for a number of weeks. Now, from the Green Bay Packers perspective, again, I think you tip your cap to Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, the fact that the Packers not only were able to pull out in front of the Bears in the all-time series between the two teams, but are now in a position to potentially overtake Chicago for all-time wins in NFL history. That's a tremendous achievement for all the Packers teams, the quarterbacks, coaches, everybody that contributed to that surge for Green Bay considering where they were at in the 80s. Yeah, for sure. That being said, talking about quarterbacks in 2022, what an interesting decision here for both of these squads. Now, for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, he, he sliced it down kind of like this. He's feeling better. He did his rehab work on Wednesday. His goal is to be ready to go on Sunday once again. The Chicago Bears, I feel like this is such a tricky decision for them, though, because as much as you want Justin Fields out there, as much as you want him playing against the Green Bay Packers, as much as you want him out in front of your fans to energize that base heading into 2023, you also do kind of need to think about 2023. You don't want to make that shoulder injury any worse. And I'm very interested to see what the week takes here. We saw our good friend, former Green Bay Packer, Tim Boyle, was signed off the practice squad from the Detroit Lions as a potential backup because of Trevor Simeon's injury. Certainly... You know, there's a lot of different moving parts right now for the Bears, but I'll be very interested to see what the strategy is here with that because Justin Fields, man, one thing we've learned over the last two weeks, two months, I should say, 
they're using him the right way, but it is a physical way of using him. Yeah. And you're going to be putting him out there for contact if he plays the game the way he's been playing it. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a very different um, Bears team from the one that the Packers saw in Week 2 at Lambeau Field in a lot of different ways. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that? ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Starting on the offensive side of the ball, that game back in week two, the Bears the Bears were intent on running the football in that game. But it wasn't about Justin Fields running the football. It was about Montgomery yep. and Herbert pounding away. Now, that backfield tandem, give those guys some credit, they've combined for 1,223 rushing yards in 12 games with seven touchdowns. But what we've seen... Since week two, I guess I would say, you know, maybe as as the season got into like mid-October and beyond, we've seen Justin Fields take over this Bears offense in terms of his decision-making and not only the improvised running, but then also the um, the schemed running plays for the quarterback. And he leads all NFL quarterbacks in rushing yards with 834, also has seven rushing touchdowns. So that whole combination, the two running backs and the quarterback, this is the number one rushing offense in the NFL. And, of course, it's the way this league works, right, Wes? The Packers are coming off of allowing 363 rushing yards where the Philadelphia Eagles running backs and their quarterback piled up a bunch of rushing yards. So who's next on the list? The number one rushing offense in the league if Justin Fields plays. And again, at this point, all we know at the time we're taping this is that Fields was a limited participant in Wednesday's practice for the Bears. We don't really know what the rest of the week holds there, but um, but Justin Fields, the way the way he runs the ball, he is, I, I'm, I'm not sure of exactly the right adjectives. He is, he is slippery. He is elusive. He is dangerous. Um, just ask the Miami Dolphins who have one of the best records in yeah. the AFC, and Justin Fields almost single-handedly beat the Miami Dolphins down south earlier this season. And he's decisive. That's the other aspect of this team. Yeah, there's get, no no hesitation in no. what he's doing out Sometimes there. Sometimes when you get these young quarterbacks, it's because they can't figure out what they want to do. Right. Are they throwing? Are they running? Do they want to run and then throw? Justin Fields, when he does something, he commits to it, and that's the biggest difference I've seen watching him over the last month compared to even where he was at in Week 2 against Green Bay. Now, the fascinating part of this thing for the Green Bay Packers, and, and I do not cover the Chicago Bears. Maybe the statistics are available. Maybe someone's already looked into it, but you're right. 
Bears are the number one ranked rushing offense in the National Football League. They are dead last yep. in passing offense, though. Yep. We were talking about throwbacks and, and things like that inside our inbox this week. The Bears are a throwback right now. I think they're out rushing their pass game by about 50 or 60 yards right now a game. Yeah. It's because of this dimension that they've added with Fields, but he's comfortable in that setting. He's effective in that setting. And also, I think with having Juice Herbert get more immersed in this offense, he's kind of been this running back that's sort of always been there, it seems like, the last few years. But it was really only the break the glass in case of an emergency that something happens with David Montgomery. They're using them more in tandem this season, or more specifically the second half of the year. Yeah. And I think that's worked out very well for them. Now, this has all come at a cost to you know Darnell Mooney's stats. After his breakout year, he hasn't had that type of season again. Cole Komet, probably from a lot of people that were hoping he'd be a big fantasy stud this year, hasn't quite reached that level. But the Chicago Bears were looking to win games. They were looking to be more effective. They were looking for something to hang their hat on in over these last few weeks. Even if the wins haven't always been there, I think they definitely have found their identity underneath their young quarterback. Yeah, the wins the wins haven't been there, but you look at their game by game. There's, I mean, they've you know they lost by three points to the Falcons. Yep. They lost one point to the Lions. They, you know, yeah, they get, they ended up getting blown out by the Cowboys. They had one comeback, and then the Cowboys pulled away. Again. So did but, the Vikings. Yeah, but three, you know, three or four of Chicago's recent losses have been one score games, and and sometimes even a field goal or less. So, <coughs> excuse me. They've definitely been in a lot of games. Personnel-wise, you mentioned Darnell Mooney at wide receiver. He's now on injured reserve. Um, Chase Claypool was a wide receiver the Bears picked up uh, via trade. And other personnel changes, more significant ones in a lot of ways, have occurred on the defensive side of the ball in terms of what the Packers saw back in Week 2 because Robert Quinn, the pass rusher, Roquan Smith, the, uh, the star inside linebacker, both of those guys have been traded and now star safety Eddie Jackson has landed on injured reserve, and he is out for the rest of the year. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Chicago's pro- biggest problem during the five-game losing streak that has that has dropped them to three and nine on the year is the defense. The fewest points they have allowed in. This five-game losing streak is 27. All the other games have been 30 or more. Um, This is a defense that is that is struggling flat out, Wes. And when you look when you look at the Packers, and yes, Aaron Rodgers is going to be managing some pain, managing his injuries. But we've you know we're seeing this big emergence of Christian Watson. 
Romeo Dobbs was back at practice on Wednesday, so potentially after missing the last three games from his injury and ankle injury in Detroit, Romeo Dobbs might get back on the field for the Packers. You look at Green Bay's offense the last three games, and I know the Packers have only won one of those three. They lost to both, both Tennessee and Philadelphia. But in the last three games, the Packers offensively have really only had like one bad quarter, yeah. and it was the fourth quarter against Tennessee, which was crucial and cost them a chance to win that game. But they scored 28 points in regulation against the Cowboys, added a field goal in overtime. You had 17 points in the first three quarters against a pretty good Tennessee Titans defense. But then the fourth quarter, things kind of crumbled on you offensively. Then, between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, you put up 33 points against Philadelphia against a pretty darn good defense that uh, you know that's uh, leading the number one seed in the NFC right now. So Packers have had one bad quarter in the last three weeks, and now they're heading into facing a defense that uh, that's really trying to find itself and really struggling. Packers have to keep doing what they've been doing offensively. 100%. And as weird as this is going to sound, th there are still even positives on the defensive side that Green Bay is going to need to hang its hat on. I'll get to that in a moment. Offensively, this is a huge opportunity. Uh, there are some great stories with the Bears' defense. Certainly Jack Sanborn, the Lake Zurich native, the, the undrafted free agent, former Wisconsin Wisconsin linebacker. Badger, yeah. He's been one of these guys that's emerged for them. They've had – before the Liz Frank injury, Eddie Jackson had sort of a resurgent year for them. Unfortunately, now they lost him as well. But they have been highly ineffective at pressuring the quarterback, even before the trade of Robert Quinn. Quinn, as we've seen, has been kind of a streaky pass rusher throughout his career. Right. 18 sacks. Last year he had one through, I think it was whatever it was, six or seven games to the point in which they traded him. 16 sacks right now for the Chicago Bears. Conversely, they've allowed 41. Whew. Justin Fields has eaten 40 of those. When you have a minus 25 in the sack differential, yeah. not saying it's like turnovers, not saying it's like time of possession or any other stats you want to use, but that is a jarring figure. Yeah, that's significant, no because question. Because if you're not getting to the quarterback, you got to make sure you're protecting yours, and the Bears just haven't been able to win that equation this year. I think a lot of that is from the standpoint that it is a really young defense. Aaron Rodgers was talking about that on Wednesday. There's a lot of new faces there. As far as the Packers are concerned, though, 33 points last week against Philadelphia. Being able to have three straight games now with Christian Watson scoring at least one touchdown, the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Month for November uh, after a, a terrific stretch of games. Yeah, hats off to Watson for that. Just uh, as a quick, quick sidebar, first Packers rookie to win that award in nine years? First offensive rookie offensive to win that award. In... Demarius Randall also got it in 15. But the first one since Eddie Lacy. First, first offensive, on the yeah, first of offensive rookie since Eddie Lacy yeah. in 2013. And then Sam Congato before that. Yeah. But all that being said... Green Bay, I look at Aaron Jones in this game. I look at A.J. Dillon. I look at this as an opportunity. You know, we don't know whether or not Romeo Dobbs will be back or not. He was able to practice on Wednesday. Appears to be making strides with his ankle injury. But the stars are aligned there for the Packers' pieces offensively. And in this, on all different sides of it, you don't even have to add in the storyline with Rodgers and the Bears at Soldier Field. This is the type of game the Green Bay Packers, no matter how this season has gone, should expect to win. Yeah, you, abs you absolutely expect to win this one, and you have to win this one. 
I, you know, we like to get into our keys to victory. I think I already said it as far as the Packers offense. I think it's, I think it's just continue to do what you're doing because you're facing a defensive unit that is struggling. Your offense is starting to find itself. I thought the combination of run and pass last week against Philly, what Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon were doing, what, uh, uh, Christian Watson, Randall Cobb, and, and company were doing in the passing game. I really liked the uh, I really liked the balance and the back and forth there. Hopefully, the Packers can keep that going. Defensively, to me, this game comes down to one thing, and it's make Justin Fields throw the football. Now, and I say that not as some sort of a rip on the guy that that he can't throw or that he can't move the ball through the air. But you said it, Wes. These guys are ranked last in the league Absolutely. in passing offense. They're first in the league in rushing offense, and whether they're gonna, whether they're gonna run the ball with Fields or with those two those two backs who have been so productive for them during the season, you have to make the Chicago Bears throw the football because if you don't, if you if you don't, they they are going to they are going to use that rushing offense of theirs to wear you down. I mean, trust me, they they have they have gone over every inch of videotape of that game in Philadelphia of the all the tackles that the Packers missed, where the holes were with how, you know how Jalen Hurts was able to get out so many times and run Miles Sanders and and Kenneth Gainwell and what those guys are doing running between the tackles. They have dissected all of that, and they are going to come at the Packers with everything they've got with their running game. And the Packers are going to have to make Justin Fields throw the football to uh, to be able to to be able to have a good day defensively. And it's an excellent point you raise because you're 100 percent right in how you approach Fields and in not trying to disrespect any other aspects of his game. But I've heard so many times from you. I mean, the the, the things you can do on a grill, right? You, you, we've talked about you know your steaks, your chicken, things like that. I've never heard you brag about your risotto. Just because you know you're you're a world class chef doesn't mean you've mastered every single dish here, right? That's how this goes. You like that? You like that? That's how this goes with Fields. You want to take him out of his comfort zone here because the blueprint for victory is so clear. They've seen it two or three times now against this young man. Matt Lafleur still has yet to lose to the Chicago Bears yeah, seven since he became all. the head coach. So yeah. The other aspect of this for me is one of the early tipping points that sort of signaled some potential turbulent waters for the Packers' run defense kind of started against Chicago because David Montgomery had one of his best games of the season in Week 2. If I look for a defensive key to victory in this thing, it's going to be making sure you do not let him and Juice Herbert get going in the run game because as volatile as Jalen Hurts was, as volatile – as fields can be, it was, as you mentioned, Miles Sanders having a 100-yard rushing day. It's what Herbert and Montgomery could do in this game. Yep. To be the number one ranked rushing offense in the league, it's not just because you have a scrambling quarterback. You have to have some good backs that are helping them out as well. That's what the Bears have. And you have to imagine a guy like Luke Getze that has as much experience in this system, many different versions of it here in Green Bay, you know he's going to have his pencil going this week, trying to come up with some ideas, some thoughts, some theories, because this is still a young coaching staff. It's still a coaching staff that feels like they have the right pieces in place to guide themselves into the future. Where the Detroit Lions were at at the end of last season in terms of how they felt about their football team, that's kind of the area that the Bears are kind of gravitating towards right now. So from my perspective, I, I think it really starts with that ground game and making sure that the Packers defensively 
shore up some of the things that they were lacking last week in Philly. Yeah, well, and you mentioned the fact that Justin Fields has been sacked 40 times this year. I honestly hope the Packers don't even pay attention to that number yeah. because because this game is not going to come down to how many times you can sack Justin Fields. Uh, you know, the Packers got off to such a bad start against Philadelphia because they were a little bit too overzealous, overaggressive early on with trying to rush Justin Fields. They thought with with having with having a spy um, I'm, I'm sorry, with, uh, with Jalen Hurts right. last week. They thought with having a spy that they, could, that they could contain his scrambling. Well, what happened in the first quarter, Jalen Hurts rushes for over 100 yards, and the Eagles have two quick touchdowns on the board, right, or, or early in the ballgame. Yep. Now the rest of the, the Packers definitely adjusted from there because the rest of the game, Jalen Hurts only had roughly 50 yards rushing. And if you had said, okay, Jalen Hurts is only going to rush for 50 yards from the second through the fourth quarter, you take right. that, but it was a but it was a bad start in the first quarter, and the and the Packers can't afford to get into that overzealous, overaggressive mode going after Justin Fields because uh, um, you know as I said they they will have watched everything with regard to Philadelphia. They're going to try to take advantage of every of every breakdown that the Packers had in that game and get them into those situations again. Um, so to me, it's like at at the end of this game, I'm not going to be looking at. How many times did Justin Fields get sacked? I'm going to be looking at how many how many pass attempts does Justin Fields right. have? Because if that number is high enough, I think the Packers win the football game. If that number is too low, that means they're running the ball too well, and the Packers are going to have their hands full. And if he has to throw a lot, what else does that tell you? It tells you the Packers are playing with a lead. Yeah. And that's been one thing. Absent that Week 2 game against the Bears, Green Bay has not really had the benefit of at this point of the right. season. The other name to keep an eye on is going to be Devondre Campbell, too, in this equation. Yes. Green yes. Bay has not had their full allotment of inside linebackers available really all season. So there's a lot of things they can do there. Chris Barnes, I think, has made some nice plays this season. But when you talk about being able to spy hurt, uh, you know, Hurts and those type of quarterbacks, I know that probably isn't the, the word that Devondre loves to hear, but it right. is something he's very proficient at. And they definitely have missed him in those situations and could really be extremely valuable. He was limited on Wednesday, returned to practice last Friday. If he's available on Sunday, another guy that can help in that assignment. Yeah, that changes, that changes the equation in terms of how the Packers match up. Up and, and schematically maybe we'll go about things against Chicago. So a little bit of sponsor business here, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, week 13 in the NFL a really, really interesting slate of games. Actually, starting Thursday night, um, Thursday night football, big game in the AFC East. Buffalo is at New England, but the uh, the ones that uh, the ones that really jump out at me, there is a trio of AFC versus NFC games on the slate this week that I think all have a an elevated level of intrigue. And I'm talking about the Jets playing at Minnesota, Tennessee is playing at Philadelphia. And Miami, perhaps maybe the most explosive offense in the NFL right now, is at San Francisco going against the team playing probably the best defense in the NFL right now. Those three cross-conference games, Jets-Vikings, Titans-Eagles, Dolphins-Niners, 
Those are all really, really interesting, Wes. It's extremely interesting from the Miami standpoint of now the Packers have to kind of start paying attention to them. Uh, obviously, the coaches have their, you know, their plans in place already. It's not like they're just going to go in cold here in a couple of weeks. But now the Dolphins game in Christmas is actually right around the corner. And going up against San Francisco, that's a very interesting opponent in terms of the, the contrast there, the, the styles and the similarities on both sides of the ball. It's going to be fascinating to watch that. I also really look at that Jets game, too. You know, the Mike White thing, I've made a lot of jokes about it, Mike, but the real thing that is probably the biggest takeaway from the Jets' season so far, and Garrett Wilson has kind of talked about this in not so many words, they really have only been a quarterback away in a lot of regards. Yeah. I mean, certainly they've, taken, they've been extremely banged up in their backfield, but they have the perimeter weapons and they have the defense. They just haven't been able to get the quarterback play to where it was at. Last week was an uplifting performance, and now they're going to be going into, you know, U.S. Bank Stadium. Very interested to see how they respond in that one, and certainly the Vikings, you know, trying to build their own momentum. Um, and the Eagles, let's just say this as well. I mean, their run defense, it's going to be tested now against Derrick Henry. So it's well, a good— and, and this Philadelphia rushing offense that just put up yes, 363. For sure. Going up against a Tennessee rush defense that completely shut down the Packers running game yep. and, uh, and really gave the Packers fits trying to run the football in that Thursday night game at Lambeau. And then not that this has any bearing on the NFC situation, but the Bengals have come back to life. And they have a good opponent now against Kansas City at home. So yeah. I look at this as sort of the measuring stick week right now in the NFL. I think there's a lot of playoff contenders. There's teams like you know the Chargers that have to try to keep themselves alive here with potentially another win and trying to play catch up there with the Chiefs. So uh, a very intriguing slate of games. And, of course, Giants Commanders, probably the one that has the biggest implications that of was, all for the Packers' hopes. Yeah, that, that was the next one I was going to mention because, because you look at um, – even taking you know whatever implications it might have for the Packers out of the equation, you look at the schedule, the down-the-stretch schedule for Washington and the Giants and, and the Cowboys, these teams in the NFC East, and how, how often between now and that uh, second weekend in January when the regular season wraps up, how often they are playing each yeah. other and, and, and banging around against each other. It's going to be... You know the Eagles are obviously in in the catbird seat, sitting there at ten and one. They've they've gotten this far with just one loss. They're the team that everybody's chasing in that division. But um, those other teams are going to be uh, are going to be kind of beating up on each other here down the stretch, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see who who emerges when you you get into a run of of all these division games where you're playing you know opponents that know you and you yeah. know them, and you know you get into these grinded out battles. Is that something that can that can uh, you know be the catalyst for a run for somebody if they if they get it going really get it going against the teams in their own division then uh, you know does does that propel them into the playoffs or are they all just going to be beating each other up so much that it's a win here and a loss there and a win here and a loss there and then and nobody really has a whole lot of momentum whoever from right. that division makes it into the post and, and the same thing can be said out in the West too right where where Seattle is at for sure as good as the story was with Geno Smith and it's still incredible Seattle beyond the quarterback had flaws this season I think the season has sort of started to reveal those more where you had a team like San Francisco that maybe a little bit more was expected even though there was the quarterback controversy uh, and they've sort of pulled back up in that race I, I said it last week or two weeks ago and I don't like to parrot myself but I think it begs repeating this was the stretch where we're going to learn the most about the Giants because the Giants had a very favorable slate the way everything worked out. Even coming off of London, as I mentioned before, the week nine bye, 
everything worked out well for them. Well, they finally started getting injured. They started facing winning teams now. This is where they're going to decide whether or not they're a playoff team. The Packers, by virtue of being in this you know, slump here, these winter doldrums, late fall doldrums, you just got to try to beat the Bears and see how the rest falls. Yeah. Because there are so many different ways the NFC East is going to shake out that I think even those teams in that division, all you really truly can do is play the game in front of you because there's so many interconnected yeah. matchups that are going to happen over the next six weeks. Yeah, certainly from the Packers' point of view, you know you've got you know you've got the Dolphins and the Vikings, two teams that look like they're headed to the playoffs. Those teams are down the road. But this week and then after the bye, you're playing the Bears and the Rams, two teams that are under 500, not playing all that well overall. And if you're Green Bay, you're like, hey, you know, get a couple of wins and then see and see where you're at heading into uh, heading into the the Christmas trip to Miami. That's that's really all it boils down to right now. Yeah, and and for Green Bay, it, it's that uh, it's that idea and. We'll see which direction this thing goes. Um, you know, certainly there's that sliver of hope, but it's the same reason why Aaron Rodgers is pressing to play. Yep. It's the same reason why the Packers haven't given up on themselves. And I'll tell you this too, you know, this thing isn't built for one season. I know everyone's always like, oh, the all-in thing. No, it's not built for one season. Packers still want to contend for championships. Whatever happens with this postseason race, you still do want to build up momentum now going into this, this January. Because if you don't have that coming out of the season, you look at where teams can head and, and the kind of the direction things have faced. Uh, this team, I still say, is better than its 4-8 and eight record indicates, but yep. the Packers only have five more chances now to prove that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packer, Packers Unscripted. Thank you for putting up with my voice. I apologize for that over the last 25 or so minutes. But be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. All kinds of great content for you on the website. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.